When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows on our website, castaway.media. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Potterooney. Well, there's been a long gap since the last Potterooney, and that is because I went to America for a couple of weeks and I spent, uh, first of all, a couple of days in New York. I stayed in the Bronx with uh, the incredibly hospitable Bruce Egar and his family. And Bruce brought me down to the Irish Writers and Artists Club where they, they meet uh, once a week and they read bits of whatever novel or poem they might be working on. And uh, and I got to stand up and do 10 minutes of my stand-up there, which is great to be able to dip my toe in the water before I headed off to the Irish Festival in La Crosse. Because, you know, you're going to a new country and uh, it's just you know that you won't be able to use certain phrases uh, because people just basically won't understand what you're talking about if you say banjaxed or uh, maybe other things, I can't remember. But um, if you say uh, basil instead of basil, for example. So it's just nice to have a warm-up and a 10-minute gig there. Uh, I I interviewed a fellow called John McDonough for the podcast and he's an Irish-American cab driver uh, who's been... driving cabs in Manhattan and the Bronx and all over New York for many years and had great stories to tell. But unfortunately, there was too much background noise in the venue and I just couldn't put it out on air. So I was meaning to put that out while I was in America. So then I headed anyway off to La Crosse, Wisconsin for their Irish festival, which was fantastic. I did three shows there, Uh, was treated really, really well by Casey Stevens and his family. Uh, I never wanted for anything. In fact, any time I walked to the venue, uh, he was aghast that I had walked and was telling me I should have got a car and he would have given me a lift and all this kind of crack. And then at the end of the festival, um, they brought some of the acts, uh, myself and uh, fellas from the Red Hot Chili Pipers, who are a Scottish pipe bagpipe band who do a lot of rock songs in like ZZ Top songs and things like that, uh, with bagpipes. And uh, the Celtic tenors as well, they, they brought us all for, uh, back to their house, his family house, and we had this amazing barbecue, the most succulent steak I've ever eaten in my life. So that was fantastic. Then I flew to Philadelphia, hung out with a fellow called Ronan Collins, who's uh, an Irish fellow living in Kansas City, and he's involved in the Irish... Fest in Kansas City, and he brought me over last year for the uh, for the festival over there to do a comedy gig over there. So I did a gig then in a lovely venue in Lancaster, P- 
Pennsylvania venue, an Irish pub called Telos 360. Beautiful Irish bar with her three floors and her, a roof garden and a DJ called DJ Salinger, which is the best DJ name I've ever come across. Uh, that was great. And then uh, myself and Ronan parted ways and I flew back to uh, Wisconsin to the Milwaukee Irish Festival for five shows. The first of which was during an, a storm, which first of all, I was delighted there was going to be rain because you're in a big festival. It's a massive festival. There's loads of acts on. People pay in. And then they can go and see whatever they like. So everything's free in once you pay in. So I was going, rain, grace, they'll all come into my uh, marquee, uh, which a lot of people did. But it was unbelievable, this storm. There was lightning and thunder and lashings of rain to such an extent. The whole marquee was shaking and there was a lightning rig overhead, which was shaking. It wasn't over me, it was over the audience. So uh, I was just worried for the audience. And uh, one of the organisers got up and uh, told the audience they could remain and uh, watch the show, but they did so at their own risk, which just lent this lovely little frisson of tension to the show. The fact that somebody could get injured or even killed due to uh, weather while I was doing the show. A few people left, 10 people, I think, maybe left uh, because they were too afraid to stay. And uh, so that was a brilliant show. And I talked to a few people there for the podcast, including a band called Whiskey of the Damned, whose lead singer, Owen, was originally from Tala. From, you know, he's been in America since he was six or seven, but he still has the heavy Tala accent. And uh, then after five shows there, I flew to Chicago, then on to New York and then home all in one day, which I lost. I think I lost a day on the way back. And it's taken me until about now to get back to normal. I've been staying up, couldn't go to sleep till 3 a.m. and sleeping late. Um, so I uh, so I went over to Sligo with the kids uh, at the weekend because I'd been in Sligo before the uh, going off to New York uh, doing a play. Oh, WB8, there was a WB8 festival, but they were doing all WB8's uh, plays in different venues the readings of the plays uh, all over Sligo um, and I did one called The Resurrection uh, a fellow called Sid Rainey got me to come over and uh, we did it in a, a ruin of a church in Killix P- Kilts oh, I can't get this name right Killsburg Brown yeah Killsburg Brown uh, which is at, like right beside the, the airport in Sligo. I mean, the venue, what we did it was, is a ruined of a church with no roof, and it's almost right beside right beside the runway of the Sligo airport, airport, and you can't drive right up to it. You've got to walk all the way across these um, kind of dunes and things. And we got like about 50, 60 people came out on a windy Sunday, and uh, 50, 60 people and three dogs, and it all went off really well. It was amazing, actually, just to be up there performing a play up in this with the wind blowing and um the all the elements kind of becoming part of the event and i stayed on then and later on i went to see john Caleri uh in, in a reading of what was that one of the wb8's plays as well and uh, it, it was a great weekend and so i went back to uh sligo uh, because we're going to do some surfing actually I brought the kids to do some surfing then we camped in Strand Hill and we got in the uh, tent at about half nine in the evening and it was beautiful and then it started raining and there was three of us me and the two kids and two dogs in a two-man tent with raining all night and we 
fell asleep but then woke up in the middle of the night with wet feet and wet arses and dogs slightly worried and uh, it, it was it was a tough old night and then we got up and we didn't surf we went and did a thing called stand up paddling which is flipping brilliant I can't recommend it enough a fellow called David runs this place and it's on the lake that um, the Isle of Inishfree is on the, speaking of WB8 and so you arrive there and you stand up on this kind of a raft thing and um, you've got one paddle and it looks, you know, when you're thinking about it, it might be, it looks like it could be the type of thing would take a while to master and you may end up in the water, but not at all. It's quite easy to do. It's quite a serene thing. In fact, he brought us down to, uh, it was quite a windy day, so he brought us off the lake down to this river where we paddled for about two and a half kilometres and it was just calm and there was forest each side of the river as beautiful a serene zen kind of vibe and just slowly kind of paddling down standing up i even had one of the dogs on the little raft with me running up and down in between my legs and it was fine no problem and uh it's great and i want to go back there again and do it and stand up paddling and i was talking to um david about it and i thought i'd love to do stand-up comedy on a stand-up paddle um and I think I will do that. And he was interested in the whole idea. And if I do it, I will, I'll tell you all about it. And it'll be a bit of an event. So uh, this, is, uh, this is everything that happened in America. This is all the kind of uh, chats I had with people, different people who were performing at uh, the Lacrosse Festival and the Milwaukee Festival. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Have a listen. Brett Lipschatz. Lipschatz. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, so I saw you doing a, a tin whistle class earlier yeah. there. It was amazing stuff. Yeah. I just oh, wondered, why did, you, why did you learn to play a tin whistle? Like? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> as you can tell, my last name is not very Irish. Not very Irish, no. Although, I'm, so it's Jewish, but um, I know there are Jews in Dublin, at least, or there used to be. Yeah. Um, and but... Uh, you know, I, I'm a flute player from a long time ago. Um, yeah. I started flute when I was like seven years old. Silver flute, you know? Yeah. And um, when I was 14, I saw a tin whistle player in, a, in an Irish group playing, and I just was mesmerized by what I heard. And so yeah. um, when I ended up in school in Milwaukee, um, I met someone um, coincidentally at the university who played tin whistle, and he taught me the basics. And then from, from there on, it was sort of this... You know, great, great relationship. Okay, so um, you, have you been over to Ireland? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you have been. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I'm not an expert, but you just sounded amazing there. Oh, yeah, no, and thank that, you. That's very nice. And I yeah. felt really embarrassed being Irish and not being able to play, play the tin whistle. Yeah, actually, I, I, t- I taught an Irish guy once. That was really weird, you know. Here's yeah. this American teaching this Irish guy. But, I mean, how many Americans know about American music? You know, I mean, it's we all, we all think we're experts because we're from that country, but actually, I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes I, I've met English teachers who speak better English than I do, you know, and they're from Russia, so... Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Those uh, Europeans are very good at learning languages. They're, they're great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So what, do you uh, travel around to all these Irish festivals? Is that something you do? So I used to do music full-time, um, but now, um, you know, I sort of wanted a more stable 
career with some insurance and some things okay. like that. Okay. Um, so I'm a French teacher, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, uh, and I, I play festivals when I can. Okay, mostly yeah. during the summer. And do you play with a band or do you play on? Your... Yeah, I play with a, a group called Mazurk. It's yeah. um, a guitar. The basic combination is actually two flutes and a guitar. Okay, yeah. And then. Um, and can we find you online? Yeah, uh, yeah. mazurk.com. M Y S E R K.com. Like the Claire Mazurks comes from the set dance, the Claire Mazurks. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I can put a link to that. I'm yeah, that, that, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. And uh, we'll, we'll be at the Milwaukee Irish Fest. Oh, uh, great. I'll up. be there. Are you going to well. be there? Yeah, yeah I will. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, I'll see you there. Any chance you could play something? I'll just play one of my favorite reels. How's that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So the torn jacket. Okay, yeah, I'm talking to James, Matthew, and Aaron. Darren. Darren, sorry. <laughs> Darrell. Darrell, Darrell, Darrell of Celtic uh, Tennis. So, uh, how, how, just, did you enjoy the festival? Incredible. So we've been here a few times in lacrosse, and then we go on to Milwaukee after this. It's just such a great atmosphere. Never ceases to amaze us how, what a tiny country like Ireland, the effect it has on the rest of the world. And, Irish. I'm new to amazing. this and I'm amazed at it. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. So, uh, do you spend most of your time in America now? We spend probably half of our time in the United States and Canada. Oh. Um, the rest of the time, we just, just got signed up to a record deal in Australia. So, uh, next September is going to be all spent in Australia. And then we're back. Um, we're actually touring with Celtic Woman, woman in, uh, in Australia and also in, that's for September. And then October, yeah. we're touring with Celtic Woman in the States. And then we're back doing our own thing again yeah. in, in November and yeah. December in the States. So, yeah. th- we kind of live in the States. We file our taxes here and everything. It's really yes. boring. <laughs> and how do you work on a set? Is that like uh, the tree is kind of... It's called a tenor democracy. It's a, it's a bit like the Senate. Nothing ever yeah. works. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, you know what? Uh, for example, like the likes of this festival, obviously we're geared a little bit more to the Irish market, yeah. and we still throw in some of the operatic stuff. People love to hear that, yeah. and it's a nice contrast too. And when when you come to a festival like this now, it's very eclectic, and I think that kind of sums up who we are as musicians mm. and singers. That we, we do a very eclectic set, one that we really enjoy, and hopefully that translates to the audience, and they also enjoy it. Yeah, and you put in a bit of dancing as well. It's oh, beautiful. James actually is the choreographer of the group. He's that's right. You're the, yeah, yeah, very important that we show our dancing skills as well. Not 
terrible. That's more like you got some kind of terrible spinal injuries or something. But uh, I think we're trying to be humorous. Yeah. But yeah. then some people take it seriously. One lady came up afterwards and said, "You know, you don't have to look so bad. I could actually give you some lessons." <laughs> and I think, but the idea is to look bad. You know, yeah. she didn't quite get the gag. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's a great, there's a great sense of uh, there's something that we never get to do when our, with our normal theatre shows. Yeah. We do the show and then we go home and then we go to, or we go to the next show and yeah. we do our show and we we never come across other bands. So and we're not naturally a, f- a festival act really yeah. we don't feel we are even though we seem to get more and more festival work yeah. but um, we get to meet the other bands and we're great friends with you know, the guys from Gaelic Storm and um, all, all the, you know, the Chili Pipers here we met for the first time Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, you know, the great bands and yourself you know, it's, it's an opportunity for us to rub noses or rub shoulders rather yeah. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a, an Eskimo <laughs> thing yeah. 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 after a few ciders you'd never know what to rub <laughs> I know yeah <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> never know what <laughs> might pop up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it an old rub there. Wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong. Okay. Oh, that's Grant. your shoulder. Yeah, uh, yeah. So do you do you want to do a quick song? A quick <laughs> song? Oh my goodness. Do a verse of Shenandoah or something? Is it yeah, why not? Since we're in America, not too far from the Shenandoah Valley. Oh, brilliant! Thanks a million. You need a note. He's got his little piano. He's got a. Uh, an app that's a tuning fork, I believe. Yeah, that's it. It's actually Can't hear it. Can't hear it. Yep. Brilliant. You start and I'll pick it up. Oh, Shenandoah, I long to Oh, well, that's an, that's an original. That's an original version. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Next, I talked to a fellow called Ed McAllen, and he was dressed as a leprechaun with full kind of leprechaun makeup, fake ears, fake nose, dyed red beard. And I thought I'd chat to him for a bit of crack. And he turned out to be the nicest fellow I met in a long time and one of the nicest people I met on my trip to America. So uh, have a listen to this. Uh, Ed, hi. I, I was talking to you yesterday. You're dressed in a kind of a leprechaun outfit. And I have a photograph which is. So why, do you, why are you dressing like this? Well, I, I've always loved uh, celebrating uh, the Irish tradition and... Uh, I don't know. I've I've always thought I like mythology. Yeah. I went to a lot of Catholic school, and I, I thought I learned a lot of mythology back in the '60s. And I liked the mythology part. I just didn't like having tests on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Uh, mythology uh, was part of uh, school. school it's part. I like mythology. Yeah. Uh, I do. I really like it. Um, as long as it's friendly and doesn't hurt anyone yeah. and 
you can just leave it as it is, you know, as mm. it's, it's mythology. And what does uh, Ireland mean to you, like, as, a, as an American? Have you uh, got Irish? I've got a lot of Irish heritage. My mother's uh, ancestors came over from Cork. I think they might have come over just because the the bay in Cork was where the ship came out of. Mm. I, I wasn't sure if that's where they were from. My father was, uh, he called himself Scots-Irish. I think they came over earlier from Northern Ireland or Scotland mm. in the 1700s. Um, he was uh, Presbyterian, non-practicing. My mother was Catholic. And growing up as a kid, my dad had to sign some papers that he had to raise the kids Catholic when he, raised, when he got married to my mother. Mm. And he was always bitching about it. And, I always thought it was so unfair when my dad got to stay home on Sunday and I had to go to church when I was already in church five days a week going to Catholic school. And on Saturday when I was an altar boy at the convent for the nuns. And that was, you know, before the sun came up. So you must have had even a more Catholic upbringing than a lot of Irish people. I would think so, yeah. It seems like it after I went over to Ireland in 2008 talked with them. The older ones are are still very set on Catholicism and stuff, but I boy, I question authority and especially when it comes to something you got no evidence for. Yeah. But I mean I I, I don't I don't put anyone down for their beliefs like that as long as as long as they don't try to hurt me physically or any, in any manner. <laughs> yeah, of course. And so when you went to Ireland, what did it feel like when you arrived there? Were you? Oh, it was, it was, it was nice. I, the, the part I remember most was it was cloudy, and as we were flying over, there was a little break in the, in the sky, and I could look down, and there was, uh, you could see all the, it was like a patchwork quilt. In America, it's all square grid. It's like nine degree, ninety degree angles. All there was nothing. Same shade. All corn on one side, or or soybeans. And Ireland, there was trapezoids and crescent moons, and and anywhere that the river flowed, you got a whole different curve on it. And I wish I could have flew up around there for a lot longer. But then we landed in Dublin, and took off for Shannon. But uh, the neatest thing, I think, the, the folks we went with wanted to stop for tea in Tipperary. And we stopped at a bar, and I thought it was strange, because in the United States, you never stop. You can't get tea in a bar in the United States. You get, you know, uh, you can get beer, whiskey, or a soft drink, but you can't get tea or coffee. And uh, we uh, stopped in... Chris and Linda said, well, you, we're going to get a pot of tea. I said, okay. I said, is it is it legal to get, Could you can you drink beer? And they said, well, sure, if you want one. I said, you mean I could get a Guinness? <laughs> and they said, well, I looked at the bartender. He said, why, well, why couldn't you? I said, in, in America, in the morning, they don't open bars for drinking. And he said, oh, you can have, I said, oh, God, I'll have a Guinness. I don't want a damn tea. <laughs> so, so I had my first Guinness at about, oh, it was maybe quarter to 11 in the morning. But I'd been up for about 24 hours and didn't know where the hell I was. You know? <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. You know, I stayed awake the whole day until the sun went down. 
and it didn't screw me up then, you know, because otherwise you wake up and you, you know, like, what day is it? And, yeah, and every day thereafter, it was, it was, I was in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so was there anyone in Ireland that surprised you, or well, I hunt. I hunt and fish my own food here. Yeah. So I don't. I don't buy meat or or fish. So I don't. I don't pay for for meat. And when I went to the stores, I was so astounded because I haven't bought meat in the United States since about 1982. And when I went to Ireland, I saw how much they paid for pork or beef, and I was like, holy shit! You know. I get a deer, and if I shot a deer here in the United States, I save about three hundred dollars. In Ireland, I saved about six hundred. Yeah. American, you know, at the time because I think the euro was a a dollar fifty-six to a dollar. So he said, Chris, he was from County Cork. He said, uh, Oh God, Ed, you would save a lot of money, wouldn't you? I said, Yeah. But um, did you go hunting or fishing in? Uh, not in Ireland. No, I didn't. I, I talked to some interesting people there, though, and I, I, I'd enjoy. I think when I get too old, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually mind going over to Ireland if they'd still have a plan that would let me in because I'm Irish heritage, you know, to live in Ireland. But I got to stay here because our our hunting and fishing laws are so liberal. Yeah. In comparison to Europe and Ireland, and, but I liked Ireland a lot. I could get away with a lot in Ireland. They wouldn't catch me. I know they wouldn't because I'm pretty good at what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you could uh, do a bit of poaching there. <laughs> well, well, I did here in northern Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, as a as a kid, never got caught for so many years and. Yeah. They knew what to look for. I don't think they'd even know what to look for over there. You know? So are you kind of self-sufficient here? Like, you, yeah, I know you uh, told me somewhat. I, I have a job, but I I live real. I mean, as, as Americans go, I'm like way, way, way down on the income level. But I my my father was Scotch Irish, and he was such a cheap guy. And I can live cheaper than he could, and, and there's so much more waste in America than there was before. You can just pick it up. It says a sign. It says free on it with a cardboard sign, you know, and you stop and pick it up. And people call me all the time and say, "You want, you want tomatoes? <laughs> Do you want? Um, we've got squash. We've got sweet corn." And I know how to put it all up, can it, and, yeah. and dry it, and I've got a root cellar, I've got uh, five acres on the river, and my God, I, I know how lucky I have it. I went to cooking school back in 1986 for two years for chef school, and um, my uh, professor was from Austria, and he told me how wasteful Americans were with their deer and I said oh it's true you know I said they they ride around with they shoot these wonderful deer that are better than much better than any beef you can buy in the store and they leave it on the back of the truck to show their brothers and cousins for a week and then they bring it home and they take it to a processor that doesn't take any care of it and they say I don't like venison because it tastes bad well I know how to make 
everything I get tastes the best mm. because I get it at the peak and keep it. I like, I respect every animal mm. for its utmost. You don't want to kill something without showing your your respect for it and the the the, the utmost respect you can have for an animal is to make it taste as well as you can and waste not mm. so you've built your own house as well i did i built my own house in 1993 it's a 1884 square foot two story round cordwood house and i built it back then for uh, 24,000 american which in ireland at the time would be about oh jeez maybe 16,000 yeah. euros you know? and this is this is a total house and, and it's just, it's 16 inches thick which would be i don't know what the centimeter you know ratio is but it's as long as your forearm the thickness of the house wow Oh. Is this your uh, son? This is, no, this isn't my son. This is this is the fellow who keeps wanting to take me home all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay, okay. <laughs> Hello? How are you? What's your name? Nothing. N- nothing? Nothing. Oh, really? And are you enjoying uh, this uh, festival? Are you Irish? What? Are you Irish? No. You probably are. You probably are. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Oh, that's that's great. Thanks, Ed. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Well, uh, a week later, after lacrosse, I went to the Milwaukee Irish Festival. This is an incredibly big event. It goes over four days. There's 250 acts on 17 stages. And more than 130,000 people attend the festival every year. It's incredible. There are just amazing amount of things happening. From the big stages with the big acts on, there's also then uh, Irish dancing lessons and baron playing lessons and tin whistle playing lessons and uh, Irish language lessons and Irish culture uh, talks and it's just incredible. It's just in order to get from one end to the other, some people take this kind of ski lift all the way down. So it's just incredible. Uh, while I was there, I was uh, talking to Joni Madden of Cherish the Ladies and a band called Whiskey of the Damned. And they're a kind of a punky Irish band. And the lead singer is a guy called Owen, who is from Tala in Dublin. He's been in America since, or Milwaukee even, since he was seven, but he still has a Dublin accent. Uh, I was a bit pissed on the particular evening I, went and I interviewed these two acts, so uh, forgive my enthusiasm for certain things that may not have warranted that enthusiasm and my um, tendency to go yeah 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 a lot which it seems to be something I do when I'm drunk and I've only realised that I'm listening back to this and uh, maybe I'm a little bit sweary as well but don't hold that against me wait a second I need to know your name again my name's Joe Joe what? Rooney Rooney nice to meet you where's the Rooney's from? Uh, Galway I'm from Galway where are you from in Galway? well Chum Chum where are you from? my mom I'm from the Bronx. All right. I grew up with Eileen Ivers over here too. We went to the same grammar school. Uh, but my mother is from Milton Malbay, but my dad was. Milton Malbay? No yeah. way! And my father is from Portumna, East Galway. Oh, wow, cool. Where they make the hurlers. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we might be somehow related in some way. Well, there's a lot of good Roonies. Roonies, of course, own the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, I've heard and, of it. And they own uh, Yonkers Raceway, which is... Oh, really? I didn't know anything about that. 100 acres in, in Woodlawn in the Bronx. I didn't know anything about that. Oh, I didn't yeah. know anything about that. You should that. find out if you're related to them. I will. <laughs> I will, yeah, yeah. I'll find out. I think there was a Rooney uh, who was over in Ireland as a... Uh, in the, uh, in the, you know, kind of fucking representing the Americans. <laughs> sorry, I can't fucking talk anymore. I'm pissed, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're all at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's freaking three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Great yeah. time to have a chat. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> right, whatever. Let's see what comes of it. Yeah. So are you, like, representing a load of bands here or at the, at the festival? Or no, so? uh, my name is Joni Madden, and I'm a leader of a band called Cherish the Ladies. Cherish the Ladies, yeah. What's that about? Well, we started uh, from a concert series in Manhattan in 1985 and yeah. it was an idea by this wonderful freaking man that's here his name is Mick Maloney uh, he was very impressed a whole bunch of us had gone to Ireland winning All-Ireland Championships coming back to America Ireland Championships at what? All-Ireland Championships at, at what? Fiddles 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 yeah, right, yeah. Bands, yeah, yeah. Trios yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh he called me up to congratulate me and then he said, hey, did you realize that all you Yanks, we, we had an incredible year uh, for Irish America at the FLA. And, yeah. Uh, he said, do you realize you're all women? I said, what do you mean? Who's all women? We'd, you know, and it was myself. I'd, I'd won a couple of uh, three gold medals that year and Eileen got one. And you won three gold medals at what? Well, I won uh, the whistle, the flute, really? the duet, and we won the Kelly band. Really? Yeah, it was a good old year. But anyway, he said, let's get a... We should do this. He said, "This is a phenomenon because Irish music was always really passed down from fathers to sons." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all were daughters of fantastic fathers that played music, and the music was being passed from the fathers to the daughters. Yeah. Like my dad was an All Ireland champion on the accordion, and actually, I won mine 25 years to the day after him, and at the same age. So it was a nice little wow. passing of the, the whole old torch and all that. Yeah. But anyway, so we should do a couple of concerts in New York City. And he asked me to help him organize them, never thinking uh, that the next thing I know was that I'd be dropping out of college and <laughs> hitting the road. And I have a, now I have an 11-piece band. We've toured all over the world. And we have um, 15 recorded 15 albums and made everywhere from the White House to... And, uh, we've Holy got, shit, yeah, man. We've got well, what place in the world, what, what uh, countries have well, you... South America, we've been yeah, there, yeah, yeah. China, Australia, yeah, yeah. New Zealand, yeah, yeah. of course, Europe and Ireland, of course, and, and yeah, North yeah, America, yeah. we've covered it all. That's so, fucking uh, amazing. Yeah, we've, we've, we've done thousands and thousands and thousands of concerts. So it's it's been incredible because, you know, you, you never know where the hell you're going to wind up. Yeah, you yeah, start yeah. Out doing something and... I've just come here to do uh, comedy and I realized that kind of Irish culture has got a far bigger echo or whatever that, than I realized. It, it's just like all over the world. You know. no, well, yeah, I mean, the crazy thing is, in the, like here we are in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, an yeah. hour and a half north of Chicago. And there'll be 145,000 people here in three days. I mean, come on. <laughs> and there's people that have traveled from all over the world to come to this festival. And I don't know what it is about Irish music, I swear to God. It, it, it has touched more people. That, and that they're not even Irish. They have an ounce of blood, but they love the music. It touches something in their soul. But I mean, 
there is something unbelievably beautiful and gorgeous about this music. It can be fast and exciting. I mean, I mean, I'm traveling. I've got four dancers with us. I've got the man, Jason Aramis, who was the principal for River Dance for 42 right, countries. Right. I have Jay, I've got a couple of world champions. They're all freaking great. So it, it, people are excited. They see the music. They're walking around. The level of virtuosity is just yeah, it's yeah, bang yeah, on. Come yeah. on, it's good. Yeah, it's it not is. like they're walking around going, well, now they don't, they were no good. <laughs> Everybody is, the next stage is better than the next stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, thanks a lot for talking to me. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Thank Where do you, you live now? I live in Meath in north of Dublin. We live in Meath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live yeah, yeah. in not too far from Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah, really I near. go to see him a good bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Carberries. go to a few of the pubs there. Oh, give me a shout when you're yeah. next in. <laughs> Great right. to meet you. Thank, nice to Thanks meet you. Thanks for chatting nice with me. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Well, you know, I should say we'll be in Ireland in September. Well, uh, where, where, what are you doing? Well, we, uh, very thrilled. We just got the cover of Irish Music Magazine. All right, good. Cool. Um, we're doing Glore and Ennis, and we're doing the Watergate Theatre oh, in, yeah. in, in Kilkenny, and we're doing the Cork Folk Festival. And we're doing, what, what's the show called? Well, Cherish the Ladies. Cherish the Ladies, yes. Yeah, it's on our website, cherishtheladies.com. Yeah, cool. Brilliant. Thanks, man. Thank you. I just thought your show was amazing, and I've never best best thing I've seen in this festival, without a doubt. So, Thanks, man. So just brilliant stuff, and what you did to uh, streams of whiskey was just amazing. So. <laughs> That's my favorite. I've told yeah, you, yeah. it's my favorite rendition of streams of whiskey. Yeah, it's amazing. You're like a Celtic Titus Andronicus, uh, one of my bands that I like. So I don't know if you, <laughs> you know that band, but anyway, so. Titus Andronicus? Do you know that band? Price, but I gotta I've play at 11.30 in the morning. They're really good. Bye. Good kind of punky American band, yeah. actually. I thought you might have heard them. But no, no. <laughs> check them out. They, they've done, uh, Titus Andronicus have done a, a version of Pair of Brown Eyes. Really? A kind of punk version. So. I'm going to have to check that out. So yeah, you should check that out. Yeah. So you have a Dublin kind of accent, is it? I'm from uh, Tala, actually. Tala, yeah. Fuck's <laughs> sake. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. And Tala recently have been here for fucking... 10, 15 years now, I can know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> you haven't, certainly I fucking haven't lost the accent. No, fuck, man, it's just, it's Tala. You don't get rid of Tala. <laughs> Tala is like the herpes of Ireland. Tala doesn't go away. Like. Oh, yeah, wow, that's amazing. And uh, how, did you, how did you start the band? Like, how did it come about, you know, and all that? Um, met her... You were teaching fiddle at a, a place in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Yeah, just uh, like mutual friends in like the music scene. And I was I was teaching fiddle, and they just kind of came in and said, "Hey, is uh, Gina working?" And we had kind of like I went for an audition, quote unquote, which is hilarious now because obviously no one's ever yeah, auditioned no. for this band. You just kind of we never even practiced. Yeah, no, yeah. never. <laughs> we, Matt, Matt, we told Matt, "Here's 40 songs. Learn them by Tuesday." And mm. it was Monday. They didn't even see me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I pretty much just learned all the songs on my own. Yeah. Well, Brian, Brian, we actually, Brian, we said, hey, Brian, what are you doing? Get in the van. We're going to New York. Yeah. And he literally got in the van I only played the accordion for about five months. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I only played it for about five months. And he's like, yep, get in the van. It's, uh, it's amazing. That's kind of like the way the poke started. <laughs> you know, Spider Stacy thought, oh, the tin whistle, that must be easy. <laughs> he's just like, oh, no, no, it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was literally a case of telling everyone, get in the van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you, you're constantly touring, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah. We come home to check the mail. 
Yeah, that's There's nothing good in there. Fucking <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, bills, yeah. Like, we're like, well, if we leave, they can't find us, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big country. They store. Yeah. So, you got an album out, or? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, called yeah. Monsters Are Real. Um, yeah, we released yeah, it in yeah. March of last year. Right, yeah, yeah. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, good. And so, how do you write? Do you write? Uh, individually that or album we actually like basically wrote in the studio and yeah Owen came in with a bunch of the song ideas but we kind of formed them all together while we were all no. there within a week yeah, yeah. I, basically um, we had a show in Wisconsin right before we went down to the studio and it was the first time that we'd all seen each other in a little while yeah yeah and uh, so I had four or five songs Owen had four or five songs Gina had some fiddle ideas and Brian had some ideas and you know like Matt had his uh, gypsum actually was like uh, my favorite thing to work on on the whole album <laughs> Um, Matt's like, dude, check this out at that show. Um, And then so we got down there. We're in the van, like, practicing on the way down, just playing in the van. Like, all right, what are we going to do? Because like I said, we've never actually had an official band practice. Because anytime we try, we always just end up getting in the van and going somewhere and playing. All right, so it's kind of on stage that you you work stuff out. Exactly. On stage and in the studio, otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And did you have a producer come in and work with Uh, Oh, yeah, we worked with uh, Rick Rick Beato. Yeah, okay. He did, and, um, uh, he did like Shine Down, Need to Breathe, uh, Harlem Me. Right? Yeah, like he did, a, he, he did a whole bunch of like fucking huge albums. Oh, okay. And he was actually the one who called us and was like, I really want to work with your band. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, How the fuck do you know who we are? Yeah, That's we said ridiculous. Why? He's like, like, yeah, why? Me. <laughs> yeah, what? Oh, man, you're amazing. So, Thank you. Man. I mean, I saw the Pogues back when they weren't that big and. You've got more energy than that, so it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant stuff. Thanks for listening to episode 18 of Potter Rooney, and uh, I'm going to go back to uh, interviewing straight interviews after this, apart from maybe the Electric Picnic, where I'll, I'll be interviewing a few of the acts there as well. Uh, well, listen, I'd like to thank uh, all the people involved, so uh, Daniel Rooney for the music and Andrew Mangan for producing and Castaway Media for hosting the podcast in the next couple of weeks i'm going to be doing the dublin comedy improv in the international bar on the 24th of august and the 31st of august and on the 4th of september i will be in dailies in oma and on the 5th of september i will be at the electric picnic uh, in the comedy tent and also i'll be singing with a band somewhere at some point Uh, on Saturday night and on Sunday night in the Spoken Word tent, I believe. Uh, That's it. Well, listen, thanks a lot for uh, listening. You can get all my dates at www.joerooneycomedian.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Joe Rooney, the number one. And um, if you like the podcast, give it a star rating. If you don't like it, don't. Thank you. Bye. something it's smiling at me but not a friendly smile the worst smile i've ever seen in my life do you see it right now smile rated r only in theater september 30th